The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast with your host, metaphysician, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week, we will discover teachings, tips, and tools to radiate your best life ever with practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Welcome back to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today, we radiate healing with Alyssa Couture, who is health is the author of Healthy Fashion, The Deeper Truths. This is going to be fun because Alyssa is a fashion author, a fashion entrepreneur, but also a, psych, a fashion psychic, a channeler, and energy healing. This is going to be fun. And we're joined here by my cat, Casey, as well, if you're watching on YouTube. Alyssa, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so thrilled that we could uh, get together like this. This is an intriguing topic. So healing through fashion, through fashion. How long have you been in the fashion industry? It's been about 15 years. Um, Would you like me to tell you a little bit about my background? Please. Yeah, that's that's so interesting. So I'm 36 years old and I started way back when I was about 15 and 16 years old. I would make these fashion collages and I would uh, draw on a little notebook, a little uh, stick figures with fashion clothes and designs. And I actually ended up uh, I kept going with that and I would draw and draw and draw and draw and draw all these clothes. And so then I decided to go to uh, Academy of Art University, which was a design school, a design and art oh. school. And I got into fashion design and um, I was in a lot of retail. I produced a small handmade fashion brand. I produced a fashion show at one point. I, I have... Uh, been entered in the Saks Fifth Avenue talent search competition. So I have a lot of design background and I also have a lot of retail management, uh, styling, visual merchandising background. And I also have a more of a spiritual side to me. I sort of dabbled into metaphysics and 
esoteric teachings. I visited and worked and lived at multiple ashrams and monasteries. So there's a spiritual aspect and, and part of my life that really kind of grew and sort of made this book what it is because without that strong interest in the metaphysics and healing and metaphysics, I wouldn't really be able to kind of bring fashion to the point of where I wanted it to go. And that is uh, fashion as an alternative health remedy, fashion as a healing tool and a healing modality. And it is not, you know, mainstream yet, but I do see it coming where we're going to be gravitating. There's been studies and tests with treatments of aloe vera and fabrics. There is ancient teachings of uh, Ayavastra and the herbal dyeing in clothes in India. So it exists, it's out there, but it's just not common. And what I, uh, and I'll show you the book, this is the oh. sample copy of the book. This book is really sort of the mission into bringing uh, awareness of what unhealthy fashion is and bringing awareness of what healing fashion, healthy fashion, fashion can heal the soul, heal the spirit, uh, heal the mind and body. And that's really where I'm kind of going with this. And as a fashion intuitive, you know, I've dabbled in eco research and eco fashion blog blogging. So I was writing about fashion before I got into the whole healthy fashion. I was sort of um, dabbling into uh, making my handmade fashion brand previously in 2015 and being able to be with the clothing, design the clothing, design the patterns, pick out the fabrics, um, you know, hemp, linen, and so on, and cotton, the healthy plant-based fabrics, that really also brought me into the realm of where can we push this further? How can we make fashion become something that can give to us in more ways than we can possibly imagine. And right now, I believe fashion is already healing us. It's already doing the work. We just sort of have to, uh, I think, push it to another level where we can activate it, activate the consciousness of fashion and really see it and feel it and make it become a part of our world, similar to the way other industries are kind of making more holistic um, realms in their work, like, you know, they're doing electric cars in the car industry and they're the alternative holistic um, foods, the plant-based foods and the alternative mm -hmm. remedies and supplements and herbs. It's Every industry has a way that they can bring their industry into the holistic field. And I think fashion, the fashion industry, we can bring sustainable and eco fashion into healthy fashion. We can go a step further and make it into a way where we can identify with fashion in uh, for our well-being, identify it to balance our lives and to sort of do the work for us. Mm -hmm. So I just have to mention, of course, your name literally, your last name literally means fashion in French, right? <laughs> yes, yes, it does. 
right? So you were kind of born to this. And I know that, yeah, like colors are extremely healing. That's This is my world of Reiki and energy healing. Colors are extremely healing. Um, being Feeling like you feel good, look good is extremely healing as well, right? So what are the other aspects of healing that you bring into fashion? So we have um, the medicinal physical aspect of wearing plants and uh, we sort of have to move away from polyester which is a fossil fuel and it's a non-renewable resource it's not really doing enough for us and plants you know we have a sacred connection to plants we eat plants almost probably every day Plants is part of our lifestyle. So when we wear plants um, and more more plants that will be produced in the future, like uh, seaweed, linen, brahmi, pina, pineapple, pina cotton, nettle, there's all of these different plants that we are have been in minor production, have mm-hmm. been in moderate production, ha- are in mass production, or are not in production, but they were historically. So that's the whole idea with the plant-based aspect, not just wearing cotton and linen, bringing in multiple different types of plants, uh, cultivating uh, the ecosystem, in sort of bringing in new technology, plant tech, plant textiles technology, so that we can bring all these plants into a mass production because we can't stress out cotton and linen alone. And it only really makes up one to 5% of the textile market. Right now, polyester is like not up to over 90% of the textile market. And it's not really the most beneficial for us due to, you know, multiple research of it being uh, unbreathable. Uh, The pH uh, is typically unbalanced and it is the remains of fossils. So it is acidic in nature and it's not, it's just not, I, I don't believe it's, I believe more research needs to be done in order to identify what, is doing to our body but you know i'm not going to say it's killing us but i'm saying it it, it can it can cause harm gassing and you know the man chemicals used in the manufacturing process as well exactly yes and you know with all the oil spills and all the animals dying from being covered in the oil well we're actually kind of doing that in a, in a way with mm-hmm. wearing oil Um, Mm -hmm. so that's the one aspect. And then we have the, the mental aspect bringing in, uh, universal fashion that is sort of, uh, stepping away from cultural appropriation and being able to identify with all the cultures, embracing all the cultures, embracing all the style genres and all the fashion archetypes and sort of, um, Stepping away from the segregation, stepping away from the egotistical fashion, stepping away from the sacrificial fashion. So that's where the healing fashion steps into place, because a lot of times what we do is we, in the name of fashion, we do dress uh, it, it to sacrifice we, our comfort, to sacrifice oh, our sort of self-esteem. We, we do things that aren't to, to our own benefit. 
And sometimes we don't even dress for our own well-being. So that's part of the mental uh, aspect of it. And then we have the energetic, what you were talking about, the Reiki healing, how the energetics of materials and dyes affect our body, affect our aura, uh, the color healing. Uh, we, I do touch base with that in my book um, with color. Back in Egypt, they used the colored solarian realms and they would heal hmm. all types of injury from mental injury to physical injury with their colored lights. And I have uh, researched and found um, that the same frequency in the colored dyes is the same frequency in the colored lights uh, of the solarian realms. Yeah, Yeah. so color is color and it affects it in many ways, yes. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then I, um, and I'm glad you mentioned what, what aspects of healing happen with fashion. There's also this spiritual realm and we can get into holy dress, dressing in a, a more divine way, uh, being able to uh, embrace our own divinity through clothing and uh, similar to like the, symbols that we find uh we can wear uh, religious or non-religious just uh you know spiritual types of symbols uh we can also um reflect on the ascended masters and the angels and the holy uh divine realms and the priests and the priestess and the gurus and the swamis and the monks, they all wear robes. And so we can actually use the design elements of the robe because it is a sacred, I mean, uh, even uh, Senate Master Jesus wore the robe. So we can sort of take the the design elements of the robe and we can embrace that uh, in design and sort of focus and concentrate on how we can ergonomically design fashion in uh, a way that is sort of embracing the divine realms in our higher self that's connect so we can connect with our higher self more and more and it's also a force of protection uh because with the uh fashion being uh sort of in force of armor it's a shield and, and similar to the temples and the churches they they, they they're architecturally made in a way that will seal in the light so the the temples are are actually architecturally designed to seal in the light and what i have read and researched is the europeans would design clothes that would mimic the temples and the churches so that it would seal in the body's light force by the the actual garment the garment would seal in the person's light force but by the type of garment that they wore right Yes. It's amazing. Well, and you know, even um, in world religions, different people who are um, devotees of a certain tradition or who are high up in the hierarchy of certain traditions have certain garments that they do wear, including for the head, you know, the, the hats in the Orthodox religion, scarves in the um, bonnets in Amish tradition, yarmulkes. Um, turbans, you know, all types of different things that just are an outward symbol of inward belief. So we could do, yeah, we could do that with any type of clothing. 
Yeah, I'm glad you added that. That's very uh, good information. And I, um, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, uh, we're we're taking fashion in a way where we are kind of s- stepping away from the ego. We're stepping away from the segregation. We're bringing in the universal aspects. We're bringing in uh, connection and being able to embrace fashion and even a galactic way, a cosmic supernatural way. Uh, Because I I do talk about galactic fashion where we can uh, wear clothes and it's already, you know, it it is happening. It's just not, um, it's not popular. It's not mainstream, but we can, we can add light codes, uh, light transmissions, you know, designs and patterns and textures and colors that can really be adaptations from the higher universal cosmic realms. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think it's coming. I, I believe it's, it's, it's coming. And as a designer myself and a Chandler, I'd like to dabble into doing that myself. Um, galactic fashion. Right. Well, you know, I've I've got a background in theater, and I know that once we put on a costume, we put on a certain look, we feel a certain way. We it kind of can even change our physicality, change our personality a bit. And so, yeah, stepping into galactic fashion, I would imagine that you'd feel a much higher vibration. Um, I don't know, feel very different. And it can be as simple as a t-shirt, but it's the the cut, it's the silhouette, it's the texture, it's the lines, it's the seams, it's the fabric, it's the structure, it it's the culmination of everything. And it can be very simple and minimal, mm-hmm. or it could be very decorative and interesting and ornate. But wh- where I'm coming from is with the futuristic fashion piece is you know, um, we, we're kind of going to start, um, using fashion as a tool, as an activation, as a channel. And what you had said with the costume, we are stepping in to not just clothing, but we're stepping into our own identity, our personal expression, and we're embracing, um, something that's, deeper and it, it, and that's where I go in with my book I talk about the deeper truths of fashion I don't just uh you know I, I'm all about trends I'm all about but I'm not about superficial trends I know trends fashion and trends are a collective and it's a collective force that um is making people come together it's an important thing to embrace and uh, you know, I also b- agree with anti-fashion. I think you can be anti-fashion. I think you can be fashion. I think there's a lot of different philosophical ways of how we can address fashion, perceive fashion, and be, uh, you know, a part of fashion. Right. This is a lot broader than I ever thought that this would be. I know I, I read your materials and I looked through your, your table of contents and everything, but there's just a lot more to fashion. Well, and of course, anything that we do when we do with intention 
I mean, it has a different purpose or a different intention than when we don't add that intention. So this is really, really interesting. And I can see definitely how you can, how we can heal with, with fashion. And again, you know, I know that when we're, when you're feeling sick and you put on your pajamas and you've got your robe and you're just kind of laying around, you know, you don't feel very well. But sometimes when I take a shower, I put on some clothes that literally makes me feel better. Literally oh yeah. It's healing. Oh, I, it, it is. It's, it's dramatic. I, um, I, I feel the same way sometimes, you know, I love sweatpants, but for some reason it just does something to me. It makes me feel overly, uh, like, like I need to go to sleep or something. You know, but there can be, but there are other sweatpants, like a more fitted sweatpant called sweggings. And for some reason that doesn't do that to me, that feeling. Um, so I, like I said, it, like, like you had said, it, it really comes down to the silhouettes and the cuts of, of the garments and mm-hmm. the types of uh, textures and surface appearance. And, um, what I also wanted to mention too is um, I I also talk about fashion, uh, the fabrics and the materials being a way to c- be breathable. And, um, you know, it, the polyester is a big epidemic. What we're dealing with is in the 1930s, it really all started. The synthetics, the rayon, the ace tape, the acrylic, the polyester, um, all of those fabrics were uh, created by Monsanto, DuPont, all of Bayer, all of those chemical companies. They started these synthetics and they started the trend and before but before that we actually were wearing uh hemp in the 1800s hemp was the top popular fabric and right now what we're dealing with is um two types of plants cotton and linen which is the majority of plant-based textiles so bringing in the different types of plants um, I think is also going to help the underdeveloped countries develop because some of these plants like peanut in the Philippines, they, they are developing textile machinery in the Philippines to produ- mass produce uh, peanut. And this could be a way for our, our underdeveloped countries to get the advanced technology and up- upgrade an advance in society economically and socially. So this is sort of a a world universal thing. It's not something that, you know, I'm not really talking about local fashion. I'm talking about worldwide fashion, fashion that can really uh, support the masses. And I know that in the fashion industry, the fast fashion topic is the really touchy, sensitive topic. And I, like I said, I, I think that what we're dealing with here is there's a population of 7 billion. So we have to, there's such a thing as fast fashion and there's such a thing as mass fashion. And there's always going to be mass fashion, just like all of our grocery stores, we have mass food. 
So what we what we have to really work on is what are we placing and producing and what types of materials? Because if we used the plant-based materials and the bio-based materials, we could really slow down the industry and it wouldn't be so fast just by using plant materials alone. Oh my God. Well, this that leads me to a couple of questions I really wanted to ask you. One is about... Um, animal fibers and would there be a place for animal fibers in this fur feathers um, even silk are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice then register for psychedelic harm reduction and integration a professional training offered by psychologist elizabeth nielsen and ingmar gorman at the omega institute in rhinebeck new york may 24 through 26 Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, um, I don't specialize in fur and animal and silk, and I am not. And I'm talking about fur, not the not the pelt, but like angora or like wool. Yes. Well, I believe uh, it. it, The animal industry is one percent in the textile industry. Mm -hmm. It's so niche and it's so minor that it's it could never uh become over uh minor uh not even to moderate in in the textile uh, production because of the ethics involved we we can't unless they lab grown there's lab grown leathers and there's lab grown furs where they're taking the dna of the feather and the leather, and then they're growing it, which, you know, uh, I don't see, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's awful and it's not really my forte. So I'm not going to speak on it, but for fur and leather, I'm not against fur, fur and leather and, um, uh, down because I think in some cultures, you know, there's always going to be that tradition. There's always a, a little bit of wool. There's always a little bit of fur and leather. Uh, I don't think it's a bad thing. But uh, in order to uh, create healthy fashion, we really have to focus on the bio-based materials and the plant-based materials because that's the way we're going to be able to um, 
reach the masses and create a, a healthy ecosystem and create a, a healthy balance within the fashion industry in the world at large. But yes, I believe that the animal fibers, you know, traditionally the Native Americans uh, embraced it and some of the tribes and I honor and respect those tribes. I think that, um, you know, sometimes I would have phases where I was entirely vegan, but I actually wore leather shoes at one point. And on those, those leather shoes lasted me years and years. And I wore them to the point where they were worn out, where you wouldn't want to wear them. <laughs> so, yes, I, I think that there's the place for it, but it's very minor and niche. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing that you were talking about is the social aspect, the, the socioeconomic aspect of fashion, the fast fashion, the mass fashion, and the sweat, quite honestly, the sweatshop fashion. So, um, you know, I, I would assume that your your book, I like I said, I haven't read all the way through, but um, would be against anything that would be this kind of mass produced, this cheap produced, the cheap fashion, the fast fashion, um, sustain, more sustainable fashion. I had I've I've addressed transparency. I've addressed the ethics of fashion in the book. Yeah. I believe that what we have to do as we have to build better technology in order to to have less slave labor. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to build better technology in order to take to to stop stressing people out because a lot of work industries you know even in the food industry it's there's so much labor involved and it's so intensive and what we really have to do like i think at, at some point um they're they're building a technology where it's less uh, time, less energy, less everything, so that it's easier on the human, because nobody should have to sit at a sewing machine for 12, 14 hours a day. I, I think that's uh, too much stress. It's too much energy, and it's too much work on that person. Mm -hmm. uh, People, everyone has a right to be able to go to work and then have other hobbies, be able to be with their family, be able to have their time of peace and relaxation. And slave labor is, you know, it's fast fashion. It's not, it, the polyester is really the culprit uh, because polyester is so fast. Um, but it's also the technology that we're using. And it's also, we are actually relying on underdeveloped companies to make our clothing. This is totally imbalanced. But what you find in the USA, you can go to manufacturers in the USA, same labor intensive right. uh, workforce, same okay. slavery. It's, it's unbelievable. So what we really have to do is we have to work on the technology, the textile machinery. We have to build better ways and solutions in order to uh, make it easier for people. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. And I believe there has to be a wholesale kind of change in our culture with consuming fashion as well. It's like, do we really need all of these different items? Can we have smarter, more durable items 
that we don't have to buy as much of. So, I mean, there's that. Yes. I, I think that there's a surplus in this world. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that there's in phases in my life, uh, you know, I remember times where I had a full closet and I didn't wear maybe not even half of it. I think I wore 10% of what was in my closet. And right. now I, I, I work with two weeks worth of clothes and outfits and that's what I do. I launder my clothes after two weeks and then I wear the same clothes over again and mm-hmm. I'm extremely minimal and it works for me. It, it's, it's easy. It's ethical. It's comfortable. It's, um, it's a lifestyle. So I think that everybody kind of will naturally transition into different ways of associating with their fashion, but the throwaway fashion is, you know, it's a burden. If we could burn all our clothes, you know, that would be one thing, which we could down the road if, if it's plant-based. I, I remember in research, they would actually, in ancient times, they, they would burn their clothes as a sacred ritual. It was something where when they parted with their clothing, they would burn it. And it was like incense or sage. They just burned it and released it. So it was a sacred thing. Right. And then they would wear it literally until it was falling apart as well and not have to have a new, new fashion. And of course that puts the fashion industry out of business. If we don't constantly (laughs) adapt new styles and new trends, but um, yeah, we used to have a much more pragmatic approach with our, our adornment our physical adornment. Did you know that Radiate Wellness is more than just a podcast? That's right. We're also a comprehensive holistic wellness practice. Find out about our services, practitioners, and upcoming events at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. While you're there, visit our podcast page to read more about our great guests and even donate to the podcast. If you like our podcast, you can help in other ways as well, like subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening right now. Tell a friend, a family member, or a coworker about the great content you find here. And if you wouldn't mind, please give us a thumbs up, a five-star rating, or a positive review. Sounds like a small thing, but it really helps. You might like to know about our Facebook communities while we're at it. We have a free community, the Radiate Wellness Community, on Facebook for news and great free content. Our subscribers group is Radiate U, as in the letter U, but also, well, you. There you'll find curated replays of past classes, guest interviews, and more. And now back to our podcast and back to our guest. And so speaking of adornment, I want to switch over to accessories and jewels, jewelry. Yeah. Where's, where are you on, on that accessorizing? Well, I have a piece right here. Yeah, it's, it's two beautiful. hearts, a little, two little hearts connected mm-hmm. with a chain. Um, I love jewelry. I love crystals. Mm-hmm. I love statement yeah. pieces. Yeah, I love your stone. I love that piece. Um, I think that jewelry is so important. And 
Um, I think that there's uh, sacred connections and we can actually create light spells with clothes and not like black magic or anything, but white magic. We can, when we wear our jewels, we are actually creating um, uh, light spells, light technology, because they're a they're a symbol and it's like poetry. It's like uh, uh, some sort of thing that we're doing because it is a ritual. It's a sacred ritual when you put on that adornment in those, the decorative pieces. So it's, I think it's, you know, to tell you a story, I had a disconnection with jewelry for quite a long time. And uh, it was almost like it was a dark spell against me not wearing jewelry. I, I, yes, it's a, it's oh, bizarre. Yeah, it's bizarre. It is a bizarre thing. But so I was really disconnected with jewelry, and I it's almost like uh, I was repelling the the idea of wearing jewelry. And there were times in my life where I'd wear jewelry; it was fine. But then there was large gaps where I just wouldn't wear jewelry. And I think jewelry is so important. I think it's a piece that constantly you can reflect on. It's, you know, when you wear these pieces, you, you kind of re remind and remember things when you wear them. Mm -hmm. It's not just a piece of fabric. It's it's some some form of material of connection that is very sacred. And, you know, go back, it goes back in, you know, Egypt with, with their, their makeup and their jewels and everything. And it's very mm -hmm. ancient jewelry. So yes, I love jewelry. Well, and jewelry holds such vibration. That's why, you know, um, going to a, there's a jewelry store not too far from my house where it's all estate type of jewelry antiques pre-owned type of jewelry and it's so important to cleanse it before bringing it home because it just carries a vibration of course this is a shungite which is more for repelling energy but gold stones silver will just retain emotion and the intent behind them so it's important to cleanse them so you are also a channel and a healer can you talk a bit about that? Yes. And before I mention that, I'm, you know, I'm loving this conversation. I think that you have added so much with your knowledge with fashion. And I love that you, you added the point of cleansing your jewelry. I think it's so important than okay. sunlight, crystals, sea salt, anything yeah. to, to be able to get that residual energy out because I had worked at a thrift store and oh. it was it was madness because I absorb as a, as an energy healer, I absorb energy like crazy. So it's almost like I'm, I'm a, a conductor. So with that being said, uh, I sort of kind of go into the, the arts of planetary work. I visit the vortexes on the planet, uh, you know, Arizona, Mount Shasta, Monterey, um, different sacred sites around the world, typically in, in the Western area, I had just visited Joshua Tree. Uh, that was, that's a major vortex. So um, these, these, these vortexes apparently are the ley lines. They're the major ley line points right. and they're connected with the grid, the energy grid. And when I visit these vortexes, uh, 
in some way or another, I am a channeler and I'm channeling these these healing vibrations and I'm kind of, I'm actually transporting them. So when I leave the vortex, I transport the the energy that's coming through. To be honest with you, my spirit guides are a bit hush-hush with the type of planetary work. They are not giving me all of the information that I'm craving. <laughs> yeah, same. You see, the, the, then you're going through a similar thing that I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just like, it works out. You're okay. You'll be fine. Yeah. They're like, it's on a need to know basis. You don't need to know right now. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I, I'm so glad that you said that because it's so, it's, you know, it's frustrating. I'm glad I'm not alone. And I had a feeling this was happening to other people. But it's mm-hmm. common you meet someone where they're going through that same thing where they're you're doing this energy work and this light work and it's you're not getting the full download of whatever everything that you want to hear. You know, you ask questions and it, you know, you you I I do prayers, you know, tell me in my dreams, tell me in my night dreams, but still it is it's very uh secretive to, to some yeah, degree. My, my hypnosis clients, the same thing under hypnosis. They want to connect with their higher selves and ask all these great questions and their higher selves are like, mm, it's, it works out. It's fine. It's coming. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. And I, I, I believe uh, to some degree, I think um, there's two sides of it. Uh, I think that what happened to me was my third eye shut down at a very young age. Yeah. And that was happening from maybe some dark occult technology that wanted to mm-hmm. take down the, the light warriors such as yourself and, and me. And so I think at one point, my, the tech, they'd used dark technology to do something to my third eye. And at one point, I, I think too... I have these light ET guardians and these extraterrestrial uh, light keepers that are kind of using me as sort of a puppet, you know, and and I'm doing this service work and for me to be able to know everything that, that exists in the universe, I mean, think about how much brain capacity we're using. We're not even, I just don't think we're completely tapped in. Right, right. Yeah, and we're not using the full capacity of our soul either, our higher self either. Exactly. Yes. So you're, you know, you're right on. <laughs> I, oh, same, you're right, right? on. Good. Yes. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page there. Yes. Um, and I love the, you know, just adding this aspect of fashion. And, you know, we tend to, to look down on people who are really into fashion kind of collectively. Oh, that seems so frivolous. Oh, don't you know about mass production production and, you know, all of these things. We tend to think of it as something frivolous, but I've always thought that when we feel confident, we exude, we radiate confidence. When we feel like we look like we want to look, we, we just radiate peace and joy and people want to you get what we're having in other words, you know, who look at you and just say, wow, I like how you look because you feel confident. Exactly. And 
I believe everybody has a style process and style phases. And right now, I I still am not where I want to be with my fashion. And uh, I feel like it's a, a constant learning journey. And it's part of the soul journey to to be able to step into our our phases of life and our our style genres that we want to connect with and connect to. So, you know, right now I'm, I'm super into comfort and I think that's going to be a phase that's not really going to go away, but I believe in, I believe in high fashion that can be comfortable. I believe we can do it. I believe that it is being done. It's, and I think it can be done at a price point that is available for everybody. I agree. And I think COVID in a way has taught us this, the, you know, reprioritizing comfort because when everybody started working from home, we were working in sweats. We were dressing down, maybe wear a nice top or something for zoom meetings. But other than that, flip flops and uh, sweats. So when we're now we're kind of more or less putting a toe back into returning to our lives as they were, um, and then we're now ready to let go of the comfort that we've had for the past year and a half. Yes, and I think we're what we're doing is we're stepping into modern comfort. Modern we we want comfort. the modern modern comfort. We want the the minimalism and the athleisure. Step it up into design, high fashion, and I I th- right. think from from following the trends, I think ultra modern comfort is where we want to be. The ultra modern comfort, so that we don't look like we're we're dressed, you know, uh, too comfortably or whatnot, like we're in PJs, but dressed in high fashion modern comfort and that's where I talk about ergonomics and I get into details with down to the zipper you know a comfortable zipper and down to materials that can energize us and and designs and silhouettes that can help the observer and not just ourselves so yes I I do believe um you know we we want to not be too comfortable like PJs, but we want to get into the, the modern comfort. And and that is um, something that we all deserve. We deserve to be able to, because if, if we're comfortable in our body and we're comfortable, then we're comfortable in our soul. You know, we, we need that. Our soul needs comfort. I, I agree because if we're uncomfortable in some type of clothing, we're not breathing correctly because it might be too tight, too restricting. Our digestion might not be where it needs to be because maybe, we're, again, it's too tight, too restrictive. Um, our movement is not, you know, is again, restricted. So I'm thinking of the little strappy dresses and the high, the, the tall shoes and everything. When we're not comfortable, we're not yeah, we're not able to access all of our energy. Yes. So instead of, say, a, stil- a stiletto, we can wear, uh, they're designing these new uh, sneaker stilettos. So they're oh. like they're like a sneaker high heel. And uh, instead of wearing, you know, a, a tight belted uh, dress, we can wear sort of like a, a knitted stretch 
dress that can breathe and stretch and move with the body and the skin and and everything. So I, I think that there's alternatives and there's substitutes. And like I said, it's out there, it's being done, but we can, I think we can go far deeper and far more into a healthier, healthy fashion trend and movement and create more awareness. Like based on your conversation, you, you already get this. I mean, you, you're really all about this, really. really Yeah. That's why I love this conversation, Alyssa. Thank you. Yes. So with, with everything that, you know, you have said and, and with, with, with what I have said, I think what it comes down to is there's a spiritual awakening happening and whether, whether it happens or not, it's going to happen. It's, it's dissension time. It's, you know, it's, it's end times. This new movement is going to happen with or without me. It's a transmission. It's a transition and it's very exciting. I I love to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Right. It's going to happen whether we go with it or not. Why not be comfortable? Why not be ethical? Why not be fabulous <laughs> while we're at it? <laughs> exactly. That's perfect. It's more fun. Um, so we have gone through a lot in terms of fashion, comfort, healing, the metaphysics of fashion, which who knew? You have so educated me and opened my eyes to this. I, I, I can't wait to get up to my closet and look through some things there. But um, do you know of anybody who's doing it right besides you I know you create your own clothing as well and your own your own stuff are there any um, brands that are getting it right there's a lots of brands that are plant-based um I'm not going to mention any specific names but I will go I will say um Nordstrom if you want to get into more of a contemporary look, Nordstrom has a little filter online where you can type in if you want cotton or linen materials, and they will they will show you hundreds, dozens of garments that are 100% cotton, 100% linen. So I love that about Nordstrom. I think it's it's really a great feature. And for people that want to step away from polyester, we, we really need those tools. We, we really need that feature online. But I think, you know, even Target, Target's starting with a company, they have universal threads and I know it's mass market, but they ha- they're doing things with sustainable cotton and dyeing and they have 100% gar- cotton garments. So if we want to, we don't have to support the unethics of a uh, company, but we can support what they're doing right. And I think that if you're supporting what they're doing right, the demand will happen. And I, I love uh, all brands. I, I don't... Uh, I don't go against brands and I'm not like mean or, or fussy. Oh, I think yeah. everybody is trying and, and everybody is doing their part. It's just a matter of time where we as a fashion consumer can make the demand. That is fantastic. Yeah, we, it, it is up to us. I mean, there, 
all of these major brands, they just respond to what we want to buy and what we ask for. And we can, we can make those changes. I'm thinking even of Trader Joe's where I do a lot of grocery shopping. Um, their packaging has been overwhelmingly plastic and kind of more single use and just not real sustainable. And they're making changes because they've gotten so much feedback. So feedback does help. It really works. So the, when we can say this is what we want to buy and this is what we expect to see and then give props, like you said, give props where they're due. It's like, you guys are getting this right. Let's take it up a notch, right? So we that's can answer Yes, that's a p perfect example. Absolutely perfect. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love Trader Joe's too. And I'm glad that you mentioned something about the plastics. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're slowly making that switch over, but um, they, they heard. I remember saying something to a local store and they said, that's great that you're telling us, but here, why don't you go to the website and contact the, you know, the national website. And they said, because we're the local store. They said, we're hearing from a lot of people about this. You're not. Uh, wow. That's interesting. So when we can talk to target, when we can talk to old Navy, the gap, H and M, what have you and say, you know, what you're doing is great, but please, you know, do, let's see if we can do better. Yes. Why not? Absolutely. Now, I agree with you. Wonderful. Wonderful. So your book, Healthy Fashion, is due to come out. Well, we're recording this uh, early November, but it's due to come out in about four weeks from now. And they can, people can pre-order the book though at John Hunt Publishing. Although by the time it comes out, we may, uh, we may be out with this podcast episode. Um, but where can they find out more information about you? Well, you can pre-order it, by the way, on IndieBound, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, and you can Google healthy fashion, the deeper truth. And there's dozens of books selling online, selling the book online and pre-ordering it a pre-order selling it. Um, so that, that there's that piece. And you can also find me on my website, www.hsnhealthyfsnfashioncampaign.com. And I have a tab with, uh, it says book, and it gives you a whole Q&A about the book if you want more information. That is wonderful. We will put this link in the show notes. And um, we can all connect with you there and pre-order the book. I absolutely love that you mentioned the indie bookstores. That's a huge deal. Indie bound. Yep. Yep. Indie bound bookstores, right? So it's a good way to pre-order and uh, keep the independent bookstores going. Alyssa, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been enlightening. I had no idea how cool this conversation was going to be. Yeah, you're very knowledgeable. I've had a lot of fun. It's great to, you know, talk to a fashion ex, uh, a fashion <laughs> advocate expert. <laughs> but I'm an advocate. I like comfort and I like looking good. Well, I, I believe you have some fashion expertise. I really do. <laughs> awfully sweet of you. <laughs> but this has been, this has been really, really cool. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me, Christy. It's been a delight.
Radiate Wellness is an international community of holistic and alternative healers dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.